You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's take you around the league with one of the best in the business. Sean Salisbury, the former NFL quarterback. Check him out on the Sean Salisbury Show on SB Nation Radio. Simulcast on TV on BN Sports. Sean, we appreciate the time as always. We know the Giants' defense is battered. Still quite an achievement to score 51 points as the Rams did yesterday. How far is Jared Goff come this year under the guidance of new head coach Sean McVay. And thanks for having me on, guys. You know, it's been this is one of the great quantum leaps we've seen in 2017. Um, you know, and I don't think we gave Jared Goff enough. You know, he didn't have enough for us, enough body work for us to really judge him. And they had a putrid offensive staff in the way they play called last year, and they weren't very good. And that's obvious. And it's interesting. You know, when you talk to former players, and I can remember talking this off season to Jack Youngblood. Jackie Slater, to Eric Dickerson, they all had one thing in common when they talked about the new coach. And Wade Phillips, I actually interviewed him, and he said the exact same thing. The guy is a great football mind who commands respect and energy when he walks into a room. And you're thinking, well, it's 31-year-old head coach, but some guys on the team are older than him. And so that's important. Instead of having to force-feed leadership, you actually get it when you walk into a room. And by the way, you handle the players around you. It's been amazing. I think he's done a great job of protecting golf and keeping him out of uh, horrific situations, which some coaches are not good at. And they're doing a, you know, the, the funny thing about it is it's not like their defense is the most dominant defense in the league, although they have a hell of a coach. And with Aaron Donald, they're going to build this. They still don't have the most explosive weapons in the league. Their running back's really good, but they still got to build the perimeter. And their offensive line's getting better. So when you look at him, the, the puzzle's pretty good. I mean, it's not like there's, they're not going to send eight guys to the Pro Bowl, but I really like it seems that they get better every week. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Seahawks go ahead and blink. The Rams are going to win the division if they do. And the Seahawks are a better team on paper. That doesn't mean a hill of beans when you've got a quarterback who seems to be confident. And when somebody believes in you at that position, you will elevate your play. And Sean McVay is a great teacher. Now, you notice I didn't put him coach first. To me, great coaches teach first and coach second. I can find anybody to yell and scream and do all that. And he's put a staff around him that he trusts and that guys that are, that, that are actually developing these guys and making them better players, not just treating them like, oh, they're getting paid, so we don't have to coach them and teach them. I, I couldn't be more impressed with this team. And at this stage of the season, it's not fake. Now, they may go through a two-game losing streak, but what it looks to me like there's a confidence about this team. I, I think the Rams are real. I think the Rams are going to make the playoffs. And I don't think the Rams are even thinking just getting the playoffs. I think they're thinking, you know, we played Seahawks in a close game the first time, that we're going to win the division. And I just love the way they've portrayed that attitude and how their coaches instilled that in that team. Sean, you know I always love when you come on because you give some outstanding insight. Um, give, me, give me your perspective on the Jacksonville Jaguars. You mentioned two words. You mentioned respect and energy. Tom Coughlin. He comes back to Jacksonville. That is immediately on the dinner table that all the guys are actually eating. You look at this defense, allowing 14 points a game, 35 sacks, leads the National Football League. That's why they call him Saxville. And Blake Bortles, he's playing some good football. I hear the sirens in the background. They may be about to get me because I may be starting some trouble here. (laughs) But you have Blake Bortles who's playing great football with a backfield is as good as it is for him there in Jacksonville. How real is this football team in Jacksonville? And I love this point on this team, Cordell. There's so many branches to this tree, too, with this football team. And one, you mentioned Coughlin. Now, you think about this now. I don't know how his the ankle would have been, you know, if he would have been capable of playing yesterday, 
But they've sent a loud message, Tom Coughlin. You're Leonard Fournette. You're a great football player. But like he did in New York, we're going to do the small things, dude. When you're told to show up for a team photo, you're going to show up on time. When you're told to show up for treatment, you're going to show up on time, or you're not playing. And I think it's not the big things that crumble the house. It's the little things that lead to the big things that crumble the house. So loud message sent, Fournette will learn, and he is one hell of a football player. Then you look at that defense, and guys, I'm going to tell you, I start to look at great defenses and how they were built. Seattle, Baltimore, the Texans. Steelers, Cordell, in the past. You build it inside out, but you also build it with a bunch of dudes who fly around, who don't care who gets the credit, and that will that aren't that aren't set on just playing zone or man. They're doing a lot of different things. That front seven's nasty. Look at what Calais, look what Calais Campbell's doing. He's a defensive MVP in the league right now. You got Jalen Ramsey, who I think is as good a corner as there is in the league. You get Bouye, so they're very good. They, they you can't get comfortable. They don't let you breathe, man. They sack you, and if you do get time to throw, they hit you when you throw it. And the back end's one of the best in the league. We're talking about a team that right now, and going into the last few weeks, I said they're a quarterback away from being a late January and possible February team along with the Patriots and Steelers. And I still believe that. Now, the last couple weeks, and here's the key for Bortles, and I think, Cordell, you know this too. One is when he's not playing under duress, they jump out in front and they keep that lead early. And then they just build that lead, and it's twenty-three to three or twenty-four to ten. He's comfortable, and he plays good football. The key here is when it's seven to seven in the middle of the fourth quarter. What Blake Bortles is going to show up, and I'm still waiting to see that. But the last couple of weeks, he's played great. As long as he doesn't throw it to the other team and makes some key throws and stays ahead of the chains with that running game and that defense, they're going to be scary in January. They're a playoff team. There's no question. I still think. Now, if Bortles plays like this, we're talking about a different football player. But I still think they're a, a quarterback away from being a dominant team. That defense is no joke. The running game is no joke. Young wide receivers. So the key, and it, it really it comes down, I don't like to put it on one player. If Bortles will stay the course, Jacksonville's dangerous. If he won't turn it over under clutch situations and just keep it close, they can win. The key is when they run into Tennessee and it's 14-14 to 14 and, and there's eight minutes to go and he has to throw to win, then what? Or they're down seven points, and he's got to throw them into it. I'm still waiting to see that. But the way he's played recently makes Jacksonville one of the most dangerous teams in the AFC. Their, 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 defense, their defense will put you their foot on your throat and twist. They're cleat. They're nasty, man. They are nasty. Sean Salisbury is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Sean, you're based in Texas. You know Houston very well. Sean Watson was sensational this year. When he went down with the torn ACL, did he take the rest of the Texan season with him based on what Tom Savage failed to do yesterday? Yes. And I'm not an all-or-nothing guy. I'm not an always-or-never guy very often in sports. To to say always-or-never is hard to do. But you just watched, and I do a Sunday show with a couple of my partners here, and, and I see we have nine monitors. You see every game and every play. And you could almost feel the energy sucked through the TV set without Deshaun Watson. It's just weird. Look what he's done with his what he's done to what he's done for Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien went from the last four years just kind of a boring play caller to because he had a bunch of average quarterbacks to bang, Deshaun Watson comes, I can do a lot of different things. And he stepped outside his comfort zone. Tom Savage comes back in, bam, right back to Osweiler, to TJ Yates, to Brian Hoyer. To guys that are decent players, but Nothing that allows you to step outside your comfort zone and allow a guy who's just a different cat, man. This guy's different. And I knew, you knew he was different, and he's doing more than validating that. 
And then you watch the defense. The defense kind of, even without Watt and Merciless, with Watson, playoff caliber team. Without Watson, they even have given up plays. And there's just an energy. This guy, there's only a handful of players in the league that I think at that position that when they play, things are different. That they can carry a bunch of guys on their back for weeks at a time and take like a good hitter can in baseball for a month. Watson's that guy. Now, of course, they're going to play the games, but they lost to it. The Colts couldn't beat us three. And they beat mm. the Texans in the Texans building. So, and a lot of that had to do with missed throws. Protection broke down again. There's just an energy level. This guy takes ordinary players and makes them extraordinary. Now, Hopkins is extraordinary, but they don't have 20 weapons on offense. They don't. Mar Miller's pretty good. And Will Fuller can be good at times. But Watson and Cordell knows this. He's been on teams that Cordell's made better. He's taken guys that are a six and made him an eight. Watson does that. And they're not going anywhere, guys. They're just not explosive enough, and they can't win many games without him. They'll, they'll stumble into a few. But I'm going to tell you now, when you start to look at the future for this team and this kid, every, and I haven't talked to an expert yet, and I ask the same question all the time. In the next five years, if you had a hundred grand and had to bet it that he'll win a Super Bowl or not, would you say yes or no? And every person to a man has said yes. And they haven't even asked who the players around him are. That's how good this guy is. He's a different dude, man. He really is. How about the Atlanta Falcons? I mean, this team was was positioned for us. Talent was concerned. Signing Devontae Freeman to a new deal. You still have Coleman. I mean, you had Julio Jones coming back, the former MVP, last year's MVP, and uh, Matt Ryan playing and you all of a sudden see a game against the Carolina Panthers, which obviously this has been happening all year, where he drops a pass where he's wide open in the latter part of the fourth quarter. Not just that one play, but it's been a culmination a lot on defense, <laughs> offense, play calling. What's going on in Atlanta uh, to the point where it looks as bad as it looks? Because they don't look like a team that went to a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I don't even know if they're a playoff team, Cordell. And- this offseason, one of the big questions we had was after that 28-3 to where they got that game in the Super Bowl and how tough would it be for them to overcome what Brady did to them. And you know what? You think, well, they're pros. They get paid. Is the Super Bowl hangover real? I'm telling you, he hadn't left. And that's not the only reason. But it's not. Now, think about the last couple of weeks. Miami, they're up 17. Can't hold the lead. They don't score in the second half. Boom. Dolphins come back and beat them. Yesterday, they got a lead. Boom. Carolina comes back, scores a bunch of unanswered points, beats them. There's a lot of reasons. I, I, I'm t- this team right now, if you're talking about the, the teams on paper that are supposed to be good, this, them and Tampa Bay really disappoint me, and they're in the same division. But uh, this is one of the most overrated teams in the league this year. You're right, Cordell. Come on, Matt. Matt's better than this. He's got to be. Or is he? Is he the Super Bowl Matt Ryan? Or is this the two years ago Matt Ryan that is first year with Kyle Shanahan? Okay, or is it last year's Matt Ryan? Or is it now... Is this him, first-year Steve Sarkeesian? At some point in time, you just got to take it and grab it around the throat and go win. And for some reason, they're throwing too many picks again. So making some ill-advised throws. There's an energy lacking. The defense can't get off the field in the second half of a football game. There's the, the matchup problems. They're not creating the same way we saw them with Coleman and Freeman in the back. Now, Coleman had a touchdown catch on that little hit screen, tunnel screen yesterday, but the, they're not deploying it the way they used to. Now, I don't know if it's Matt Ryan and Sarkeesian, I don't know if it's a Super Bowl hangover. I don't know if it's all of it. But I'm going to tell you right now, you think about it, Cordo. They, they could have had minimum of two other losses. The Bears, if there's not a drop ball with the one-foot line right. in, in the opener, they yep. lose that one. And it gets Detroit. If Golden State has two more inches ahead, and it falls forward two more inches, they win that game, and Stafford brings them from behind after being down by a bunch of points. So, you know what? 
This team, at this point in the season, we can't make excuses for them. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's tired. The Atlanta Falcons look to me like a team that really doesn't know their identity this year, and it shows. And their biggest identity is their inability to put people away. And we saw it at the end of last year, and that hasn't changed in 2017. Taking you around the league with Sean Salisbury, who is a proud USC alum. So let's start on the path of the draft. How good of a pro do you think Sam Darnold's going to be, even though interceptions are up this year? And what do you make of the report he could stay in school for another year rather than head into the draft to avoid certain teams like the Browns? I and I find it hard just from my perspective. For he's a really good kid, guys. He is. He's a he is a non. You watch him when they win games. He doesn't sober celebrate. He has a pretty a really good, you know good perspective. Um, but he's got a quick. I, I can't make excuses. He turns the ball over too much, and I don't think it's because he doesn't have ability. His his arm ability and his feet are amazing. I think what he does is at times he gets a little careless with the football. And trust his ability to throw the ball a little too much at times, and we all do that. That's part of the ego. Cordell will tell you, show me a quarterback without guts, and I'll show you a guy who can't play in the league. But there's also that point in time when you got to say, hey, man, there's three dudes on a guy. I can't throw it to them. i got to check it down and throw it out of bounds. He'll learn. He's a redshirt sophomore. But the Trojans have been overrated this year. They get physically pushed around. I can tell you this about him. He's going to be, if he leaves school this year, He's going to be a first, second, or third pick of the draft. They're not going to, you cannot pass on the upside franchise potential quarterback and say, oh, I threw picks. You're going to overcome that. We've seen guys turn the ball over. Heck, didn't, didn't we hear this message about Deshaun Watson? Oh, too many turnovers at Clemson. Can't throw the intermediate pass. How'd that work out for him? All he did was win big games when it mattered. Darnold's got that in him, guys. He can make throws into windows. And he already has that, and Cordell knows his ability to throw people open instead of wait till they're open. So he's going to be a great He's going to be a really good player. Now, if he decides to stay in school, God bless him. I want my Trojans to go with it. I'll be selfish, and I'd love it. But smart business decision. I don't see how any guy in the history. Now, Andrew Luck did it, and he gambled. It paid off for him. But I don't see how if you're the first, second, or third, or fourth pick of the draft, you can risk going back to school. I just don't. Now, if the Cleveland Browns, if you want to get drafted, say, listen, Cleveland, I'm coming in the draft, but if you draft me, I'm not showing up, then I guess you can put that out there. But there's also the ego of some who say, you know what, I'm going to go fix the franchise because they're probably going to have a new coach, maybe a new front office. So my gut tells me if he knows he's going to be a top three pick, he's leaving the draft. Now, in truth, he'd probably rather be the second pick than the first pick, but he is a, he's going to be a great player. But the next level is he's, he's ready physically. He's probably not ready right now, but then again, who is as a redshirt sophomore? The emotional part and the ability to understand coverages, and he's a little bit in over his head with that, but that goes with learning and getting kicked in the mouth and being able to come back against adversity. Regardless of when Sam Darnold comes out, I assure you, this is a different type of kid. He's the best. Carson Palmer, Lionel, we've had a lot of good ones there. He's got the most ability of anybody that's ever come out of there. I don't care what anybody says he does. You mentioned the player not being ready. Uh, Carson Wentz coming out of North Dakota State. They said he wasn't ready. They didn't know for sure if he can get it done because of the talent pool they have throughout the FCS out there in that division and conference. The kid is playing some really darn good football. How good do you think he is? And should he have been taken as the number one quarterback taken overall last year? Yeah, you know what? I, Cordell, and I always write it down. It's not one of those. It's like, oh, hindsight. My two quarterbacks, when he came out in that draft, I had Wentz one and Dak Prescott two before the draft. That was, that was in my order. And then I think 
it was Wentz three and uh, not Wentz, but uh, but uh, Dolph? the kid from Memphis, uh, Paxton Lynch, oh, Paxton and, Lynch yeah. and Dolph three or four. You could shuffle them any way you wanted. But I did have it, and I, I thought Wentz was going to be a good player because I like how big and physical he was. And I talked to his head coach, and he knows how to win. You know how this is, Cordell. You get used to winning at any level; it becomes contagious, and it's a habit. Doesn't matter if it's high school, Pop Warner, Little League, basketball gym, boys club. No matter what level, and he was used to winning because that's what they did is win national titles there. But he also came from a semi-pro style set that allowed him to be a little bit ahead of the curve mechanics-wise getting to Philadelphia. And look at him last year. Started fast, and then got kicked around. He had a slow second half of the season. People questioned, oh, should he have been, you know, should he have been picked with the number, the second quarterback picked, all those things. But what I love is he stayed the course big, about 6'4", 6'5", 240, He's got a thick lower half, his, his legs, and he's powerful. Great feet, and it looked to me like, and you know, it's good sometimes. We've seen great quarterbacks get knocked around. Carr in, in Oakland his rookie year, Elway. Aikman struggled his rookie year. Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions. It's hard, man. That's why there's only a handful of elite guys. And what he's done is take what he learned last year on a bad receiving core. They went out and got him some help. He continued to work and beat up on his mechanics to the point to where they don't break down under pressure. And now... He's feeling it, man. He's feeling with accuracy. He's playing tough. Um, he's a big, strong guy. So I love him. And I think the leap, though, Cordell, we can all say we thought he was going to be a good player. I don't think any of us thought that he'd be the leading candidate for the MVP in year two. But it just goes to show you what happens when you put your time in and you believe in yourself and you've got a coach that puts you in the right situation and surrounds you. And they didn't even quit. Even though he'd been playing well, what do you do? You go out and get him a full-time running back in Jay Ajayi and and now you got a guy who can average five yards of carry and take your play-action game to another level. So he's real. Philadelphia's real. And uh, when you look at guys like him and Prescott, they're just big, strong dudes that can throw with accuracy, throw on time, but they can also stand in there and get knocked in the mouth and keep delivering. And uh, I was a big fan of his, but you never know until you see him under fire. And so far this year, he's played damn good the first half of the season, along with Brady, probably the MVP in the first half. Sean, always tremendous to have you on the show. We love your passion and energy. Thanks for giving us a few minutes again today on the NFL on TuneIn. You guys are the best. Honored to be on. I sure appreciate you calling me. Thank you. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.